man don't know shit. I might not know shit, but I know enough. I might not know shit, but I know enough. You might call me dumb, but I have a lot of fun. I might not know shit, but I know enough. Episode 31. This is going to be a good one. Um, I played only one show with this man and we uh, met very briefly it was at a montreal ska fest uh, his name is travis nelson otherwise known as sinister rev of the hub city stompers and also inspector seven i want to get to the bottom of how all that works out and uh, the relationship between that and uh i think we had one shot together and it was super fast so uh you know i never really got to know him but uh, i can tell you he's a fantastic live performer so uh, check them out and uh yeah so we're about to do this and don't forget there's a link underneath the uh, the video the paypal link and that's for the uh, be a producer uh, program and uh, any tip whether it's 25 cents 50 cents a dollar two dollars Whatever it is, you become the producer of the next episode. Which brings us to Mr. Jason Manning. You are the producer of episode 31. Thank you very much, sir. Yes. All right. So, yeah. Don't forget to uh, punch, <laughs> punch the subscribe button and slap the bell and all that jazz. And uh, here we go. My man, Travis, how are you doing? The Rev in the house. Happening. Doing good, man. The last time we saw each other was at a Montreal Ska Fest. Actually, I was just looked into it. We played twice together. Well, one year you were with Inspector Seven and we weren't on the same night. Then one year we were on the same night and that was with Hub City uh, Stompers. And I remember we had a shot of whiskey and you had a big tall boy of beer and it was all a whirl of yahoo-ness. And that was about it. But I'm like, man, this guy's got it. Um you may be wrong about though. I don't know if I drink whiskey, actually. Just kidding. Um, but um, <laughs> well, in that case, hey, cheers, man. <laughs> salute. Boom, salute. Um, so yeah, 2013 was the um, 1i7 played. Um, oh, in that big long room, I can't remember the name of it. Yeah, uh, at Cafe Campus. Is that what it was? It was near like a TV studio or something, or I don't know. Yeah, it, it, exactly. Oh, maybe just adjust your camera a little bit. I'm, I see you from the nose under right now. Oh yeah, the top there of my head. There. there we go. <laughs> um, yeah, man. And uh, yeah, then we we played that other one together uh, as uh, uh, with HCS on the that place with the second floor. I just remember it was upstairs. Yeah, that's the one. That was the cafe campus. The other one was somewhere else. I can't remember. Everything's kind yeah. of foggy, I, you know? Who are you telling? <laughs> <laughs> Old and senile. I barely remembered we had this tonight. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Where are you at, man? I'm down here at my house in Dirty Jers. In Dirty Jers, eh? How are things uh, down, down there right seven. now? Good, good, good. Just uh, holding it down in the coronacalypse and well, that's it. Do you guys have any measures like lockdowns or curfews or anything yeah. like that going on? Not curfews anymore or anything like that. Um, you know, there's it's it's been loosening more and more. It's uh, some a lot of stuffs that limited capacity and all that. Um, but uh, you know, it's just it's been opening up very gradually. Yeah. Um, more and more which i'm fine with i mean tr truth be told i think things are a little too open now because we're not quite out of the woods yet you know i get we got the uh you know vaccine and all that but uh you know everyone's <laughs> acting like it's over and it's not you know this this winter is going to be hairy 
Um, yeah, man, I feel you. I'm lucky I just got vaccinated a couple of weeks ago, though, and uh, because I, I, I work with a lot of street youth and stuff like that. So they put us on the priority list, you know, Listen. and I feel like totally privileged to have been vaccinated because not many people are yet. If you can get on the list, God bless. I mean, I'm, I'm at the end. I'm at the end of it here in Jersey. So I'll be one of the last people to get it, um, which is fine, considering I tested positive last Wednesday. Oh, shit. How are you yes. feeling? I'm, I've been completely symptomless, but I know that's not the case for a lot of people. Um, in fact, yeah. the day before, um, what I, I tested positive for the February 3rd, Wednesday, February 3rd test I took. The day before, we found out that our friend uh, Carmen had passed away from COVID uh, oh, on my shit. birthday, actually, uh, Tuesday, Fuck, February sorry 2nd. Sorry to hear that, man. Yeah, he's, uh, he's the guy who ran our, uh, the Hub City Stompers, uh, the rehearsal studio where we rehearse. Uh, okay. he, and he was a great guy and uh, he just got it really bad and was on a ventilator for most of the time and just took a turn for the worse. Um, so, hey, it's crazy. I just had a, a Eddie from uh, Voodoo Glow Skulls on here and he had a bunch of family uh, members that passed away as well from the Rona. And yeah, uh, yeah man, I, I know what you mean when you're, you're saying like, are we opening too fast as well? And people think we're out of the woods because it's, I mean, unless it really gets low, I mean, it's just going to come back anytime you open up, you know, you got to squash it almost completely and then open that up. Yeah. And numbers are going down, you know, I, I, I check it like daily. I've been, I've been religious <laughs> looking at actual, you know, not necessarily the news, but looking at actual scientific numbers from legitimate sources that actually record it. And, um, they are going down and, and the vaccine numbers are going up. So it's good. It's just, it's just going to be a gradual thing though. I can't run around, you know, and I was relatively careful, you know, and I somehow nabbed it. Um, well, so. that's it. I mean, you can get it anywhere. You can get at the corner store, just touching something. Everybody exactly. that thinks, oh, they know how they got it. They're so wrong because who knows really, you know? <laughs> yeah. My entire <laughs> bubble tested negative everyone around me. And, you know, yeah. And, I mean, I found out, uh, well, yeah, the day after my birthday and I had, at my mom's the night before, um, you know, small gathering with just the bubble that I'm always around my, you know, Snow Queen, my kids, um, my ex-wife and her boyfriend, because we're all, you know, we all get along. We're all like just family. They live right around yeah, the corner. Yeah. And my mom, and we had a small gathering over there and all the, everyone, everyone else tested negative. That's not where it was from. I, I must've gotten it before that, but obviously they ran out and got tested to, mm -hmm. you know, and um, they got second tested and everyone's still negative. So I don't know. I was the winner. Right on, man. Well, he, you know, at least you're healthy and young and in shape, right? <laughs> um, healthy and young. I don't know about the in shape part. Actually, healthy, I'll say. I don't know about the young and in shape part. <laughs> there you go. I think we're probably in the same boat, man. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, we'll, we'll nix that. We'll nix that assessment. Right. Have you been able to keep busy at all with music uh, during all this wackiness? Yeah, I mean... As far as like writing stuff and, and everything, I would say we haven't played show since uh, HCS's last show was in December of 2019. Shit. Um, Steel Toe Solution, my other band, uh, our last show was January of 2020. Um, in March, we stopped practicing altogether, obviously. Um, we started having, in over the summer, we started having kind of like quasi practices, not fully, not the full band like um, Jenny and James are. The horn players they they sat th those out um and we didn't do it at our rehearsal studio because we weren't well we weren't comfortable yeah yeah um with doing it there people in and out and everything so we just did it in our guitarist jay's basement you know it was big enough where we could all spread out and be away from each other and which is five of us um we did some of those over the summer and then we stopped again uh, just because conditions were getting you know 
Worse. Well, that's it. We, so. For us, it was exactly the same thing. We like it, everything kind of chilled out for a bit. And, you know, our, like we're in this big building with all kinds of loss in it for a rehearsal uh, space. And, you know, then they're saying everything's good. And, you know, we were super careful and we have enough space, luckily, to be really spread out and that kind of thing. But then it just got worse again. So we haven't been able to jam in so long, man. And we're supposed to, we're supposed to get in the studio in April to start a new album. But fuck, I mean, we're not even, you know, <laughs> rehearsing right now. I'm writing as much as I can at home. But man, it's not the same. That's for sure. Sure. <laughs> yeah, everyone's scribbling, scribbling down their own things here. You know, I just, uh, Jay wrote a couple songs that I just listened to tonight, you know, on the Google Drive. And, oh, yeah. cool, you know, we're going to have like three albums worth of stuff by the time we come back. You know? <laughs> but, uh, but um, other than that, yeah, we've just been doing those, you know, those um, virtual performance videos that yeah. we've done. Um, we released some of those. Um, we're, we're about to release a new one. And with this new one, we're actually releasing a new single. Um, oh, cool yeah but a brand new brand spanking new song at least we can get out of this um <laughs> so we're going to release it in the form of the virtual video but i'm probably going to have it you know available for sale on like Bandcamp or something like that um, as well so that'll be coming up uh, probably in, in the next few weeks is that through a label or are you doing that on your own we're just doing that on our own um, yeah. we'll probably re-record it you know with a label on a full-length album when we're back in action action you know it's so funny you say that for us it's exactly the same we did a you know three or four of these uh, types of videos and it was a lot of fun but i mean everybody's recording on their phones and stuff exactly. like this so quality yeah. isn't you know at its peak and one of the songs i know we're going to re-record when we hit the studio as well exactly the same thing but uh listen i got a question for you every time i mention you know hub city stompers people always talk about inspector seven and then I kind of looked into it, and, but like not too much, just that I know there is a relationship, but I'd like to clear that up. What exactly is the relationship? Because if I'm not mistaken, what I'm thinking is you were playing with Inspector 7, then Hub City, then back and kind of doing this kind of thing. But, uh, you know, I'm not sure if it's the same band, different name, or if it's a... No, the long and short of it is um, I, was, I was in Inspector 7 for 20 years as front man co-frontman uh, myself and Giuseppe Mancini were the two frontmen uh those 20 years being 1994 to 2014 um so um Spectre 7 started out as a uh ska band in New Brunswick New Jersey uh initially in 1992 they were called the Agent 86 um hence the title of one of the Inspector 7 songs and then um <laughs> changed their name to Crash Bars in 93 and then towards the end of 93 um, they changed their name to Inspector 7 um, towards the end of 93, beginning of 94. Um, I was just their, uh, when Agent 86 came out, I was their drunk uh, show-going friend. Yeah, you know, man. So I, was, I was roommates with, some, with them, and I was just a drunken, you know, New Brunswick uh, skinhead who was very enthused because at the time, there, there weren't really a lot of Scott bands in New Jersey. There was like, you know, um, panic, which went on to become bigger Thomas. And, and, uh, you know, that was about it at the time, really. Um, so when I, Oh, cool. My friends are starting another sky band. This is great. You know, and this is friends of mine from the Jersey punk scene and, you know, hardcore scene, just the, the, the underground music scene in general. And you're quite young at this point. Yeah. Well, that was 92. I was 21. Um, so, um, yeah, living, living in, in Bronfus being a, being a drunk, um, Occasionally bopping over to France, but when I when I wasn't in France, I, I was in I was in uh, New Brunswick, New Jersey, or Trenton, which is also where I came up in the New Jersey hardcore scene. Um, so yeah, so they started a band, and um, I was their 
enthusiastic uh, show go and support and dancing around like a drunken fool at, at every uh, Agent 86 and Crash Bar show. And, uh, you know, uh, hanging out of the practices because it's at the house where we lived uh, on Welton Street. And then um, they, uh, they asked me about joining. They said, you know, they said, oh, you got a great presence out there. They're kind of, you know, half joking, like, you should, you should join the band as, you know, I think they wanted me to be a, the, the, the toaster or something or yeah, yeah. You know, whatever. You do pick it ups and blah, blah. I was just like, <laughs> and at first I was like, no, you know, that what they were describing, it, it, it sounded like they wanted me to be like the flavor, flavor of ska. You know, yeah. I like, yeah. Eh, you know, <laughs> I go past. Like, no, write, write songs and do that, you know. So when they eventually made it seem like more of a co-frontman role, I was like, well, yeah, sure, it sounds fun. So I sat in on some of the, the attic practices at the Gingerbread House, and, and uh, this is right after they started calling themselves Inspector 7. And uh, I joined the band uh, shortly after. I think the first show I performed at in, uh, was February 94 at the Melody Bar in New Brunswick, if I'm not mistaken. And that was that. Russ's history. Um, it was in Inspector 7, and, uh, you know, he's... Uh, Tour that must be really played funny. Montreal, played played some shows in Montreal. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> some limited touring, you know, East Coast stuff. Um, signed to Radical Records, did a couple albums on Radical Records, toured nationally. Um, you know, wrote out the the sky heyday in the mid '90s as as much mm -hmm. as we could. I mean, you know, back then we definitely were very skinhead centric and had a big skinhead following. So, you know, that alone kept us from enjoying, you know, some of the. <laughs> <laughs> success of some of the other 90s ska bands and all but but still you know we, we had a great time and we did a shit ton of national tours and and then um you know as the the wave started dying out and everything and we kept touring um pretty much up until 2000 i'd say and um but i don't know everyone's just seemed like they were getting kind of done and Funked, yeah, a burnout jaded and burnout and i mean i was i wanted to keep going i was ready to, you know um but i don't know it just kind of fizzled out we 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 did one last tour with um mustard plug bouncing souls who are our our buddies our homies from jersey and um youth brigade um did an east coast tour with them and then uh that was the last tour we did i don't know it was, that was in 2000 and then everything just kind of kind of stopped um yeah it just fizzled out and we weren't even practicing and you know after months and months i was just kind of like well what's going on are we you know are we gonna have like a last show are we are we breaking up with and i don't know you're just kind of like there was no stated thing of what happened but it was just kind of done everyone was done it just kind of fizzled slowly huh? <laughs> yeah so i wasn't done though i was like well i'm gonna keep playing i'm starting a new band so yeah man they're about half of the i7 members at the time were like well yeah we want to keep going too so they came over and we were you know obviously going to play, keep playing, you know, Inspector 7 material that they wrote and I had written and performed, you know, you know, Sleeping with the Enemy, Sharky 17, Home City Stompers, things like that. Um, and so we, we uh, were talking about band names and stuff. And actually, uh, the Hub City Stompers band name wasn't even my name. It was uh, Scoochie's idea, uh, Eric Schroeder, uh, who's also a founding member of Inspector 7, who came over to, to Hub City Stompers with me at the time. Not and cool. he suggested Hub City Stompers. I was like, because I don't want to, I said, I don't want to be Inspector 8, you know, I don't want to be Inspector 7 <laughs> Part 2, the sequel. Right. I want, I want to write new stuff. And, you know, um, he goes, well, okay. And we were, I wasn't going to call it Inspector 7 because it was technically a new band. You know what I'm saying? There's certain elements mm -hmm. that weren't there. So I, I didn't, I didn't feel right calling it Inspector 7. So um, 
he suggested Hub City Stoppers. You know, it's um, a song title that um, was an Inspector Seven song that I had written back in 94 about um, the skinhead mod punk crew mm-hmm. that was in New Brunswick at the time called Hub City Stompers. Uh, lasted from 92 to 94. And so um, he goes, let's just call it that. You know, still, it's still, it's related to Inspector Seven. And, you know, a lot of us were in the actual crew, Hub City Stompers. And I was like, yeah, that's sure. That's fine. So we just called it Hub City Stompers, you know, because it's still, it was, it was kind of like a continuation of Inspector Seven. Yes. You know, who had, which had, I don't know. I don't know what to call it. Hiatus, whatever you want to call it. So right. that was that. We started playing, uh, I formed the band by summer of 2002. We did a song on uh, Megalith Records, their first uh, release, that big four CD comp they put out. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the title of that again? Uh, still Standing. That's it, yeah. Still Standing was like a gajillion ska bands that I didn't even realize were still playing at the time because we <laughs> really formed in what I thought was like the doldrums of the of the ska scene. Um, mm-hmm. But so uh, we released um, a song on that night of the living and then uh, took off from there. Um, had a lineup change, um, probably the most significant lineup change in 2004. Uh, Scooch uh, left, um, our original bass player Chris left, Dustin DK left. Um, There's a big lineup change because a lot of people couldn't, you know, I guess I didn't realize how much I wanted to tour and keep going yeah, with man. this, you know. And, There's you know, always that separation, right? And, when you change uh, levels there or when somebody yeah. wants to really push and take it to another level, that's where you kind of figure out who who can and who can't, you know, and it's not a judgment whatsoever. It's oh, just no, not at is, all. They just, yeah, it means uh, they were making livings and doing things and, you know, um, you know, and, and that was the main part of it. And who knows, maybe they, maybe musically they wanted to do something. To, who, who knows? But, you know, the bottom line is that 2004 is when, you know, Reggae Bob, uh, took over on bass and Jenny Whiskey came in and uh, okay. you know, Manny Glock on guitar. And so- um, I gotta say um, you surrounded yourself really well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that was a, a definitely a turning point and a very defining point in the sound and, and a lot mm-hmm. of things that happened. So in the meantime though, Giuseppe um, comes back and it's like, yeah, well, you know, let's start playing Inspector Seven shows again. I'm just like, oh, Jesus Christ, you know, I got, I got ACS going on. Um, <laughs> so in 2003, we started doing what we were calling Inspector Seven reunion shows, because I guess we had kind of broken up and whatever, but we started mm-hmm. playing again. So we play these shows maybe like what, twice, a, twice a year, um, usually pretty, pretty local, New York, New Jersey. Um, and they, they would pack out like, oh, cool, Inspector Seven's playing again. You know, oh, for sure, uh, yeah, man. And uh, and I think the fact that it was only twice a year, you know, helped and, you know, so we did that for a while um, up until uh, about 2012. Um, and at that time, um, HCS was starting to go through another line of change. Our, our drummer, uh, Nuno, was leaving. He's having a, a, a kid and had to, you know, change his schedule. And so, and Giuseppe was talking about, you know, bringing I-7 back full time. And I was like, I can't, I can't do both. It's, you know, it's just, it's not impossible. It's impossible because HCS was just, we had this traction, we were going, you know? Well, that's it. You guys play a lot, right? Yeah, yeah. We touring like crazy. We had, uh, how many albums did we have? I think four albums by that, by that point out. And mm-hmm. I was like, I, I had, you know, two kids of my own. I, I, I can't do two <laughs> full-time bands, man. It's not going to happen. HCS stretches me enough as it is. And I had Steel Toe Solution on the side, even. We, put, we only played three times a year, but, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so 
we decided to, uh, he's talking about doing it full time. And so I basically, that summer of 2012, I talked to him about it. Had a series of talks with him at the house. Like, well, if we're gonna do it, this is the only way I can do it. Cause I'm not gonna just be like, all right, peace HCS, you know, I-7, I, I, I can't do that. I, I'm not gonna also dump 10 years of material. For sure, for sure, yeah. So, you know what I mean? So. There's, it had to be some sort of kind of like a merger or some sort of, you know, I had to incorporate HCS into it somehow. So, um, you know, we talked about all the, the terms and the way it would have to work. And I mean, before I even got the phrases out of my mouth, he was agreeing, you know, because he really wanted to have I7 back full time and, you know, kind of like it was. Mm -hmm. um, granted, it was a very different landscape. It wasn't like it was in the 90s. And I wasn't sure if he understood that or not. It's, you know, but, <laughs> and we hadn't been playing as regularly as you know uh the slackers and the pie tasters and you know what i mean so yeah it wasn't we weren't going to be commanding the same type of you know audience necessarily you know um same type of guarantees same type you know same type of deal you know it wasn't so that's was where you realize how valuable the road work is right exactly. you gotta stay on the road man <laughs> yeah you could say oh we we've been around for this time well yeah and you played <laughs> you know jersey new york for you know 10 of those years or nine of those years so what you yeah. know so it's you just there's things you got to take into account um so we literally talked about it for like half a year finally agreed um and then and then uh essentially um it was almost like he it was almost like he joined hub city snobbers essentially picked up you know one or two new members at rep that had happened to join around that time but essentially it, that's kind of like what it was you know it's, it's, mm -hmm. it's a lot of the original inspector seven members weren't weren't even in there. Now, mind you, Inspector 7 had a shit ton of lineup changes even throughout the 90s. I mean, if you went back and looked at all the ex-I7 members, it'd be like a, <laughs> an orchestra. Uh, it's know. rare you actually hear of a ska band that, you know, because often there's more than three members in a ska band. So it's hard to keep, you know, one core for, you know, when you play for that many years. I mean, you know, yeah. life gets in the way, you know, you got to be able to adapt, that's for sure. Yep. But that said, there was still, there was certain personnel in I7 mm -hmm. who I saw as you know, quintessential I-7, you know, there's just certain Yeah, people. the core, right? And they weren't, they weren't there. It's Giuseppe and myself and pretty much the newest, uh, you know, and uh, the lineup of HCS and, and with some newer members who were new at that time. Mm -hmm. It was a great lineup. It was amazing. Very talented. Um, but, you know, I kind of went into it with mixed feelings about that, but there was no other way I was going to, I couldn't do it any other way. I yeah, yeah, for sure. Fuck tell HCS to fuck off, you know, like it's what's gonna happen. <laughs> so we've even played, we've included HCS songs in the set, and it was on, on paper, it looked like this amazing idea. This oh, wow, this mega band, this soup, you know what I mean? And the whole yeah. lineup and everything's coming full circle. And it just didn't work out. It was it lasted about a year. Um, you know, a lot of the uh, uh, stuff we agreed on suddenly wasn't agreed on anymore, and and um I don't know, it was just there was a lot of tension and uh bridges being burned um you know i did i do things a certain way he did certain thing, things a certain way but i did a lot of the booking and stuff so i had to be the ambassador you know and put out the fires and <laughs> so you I had the weight was, on your shoulders right <laughs> yeah it was about i think it was about like i, I had i had a bad feeling from the first gig that we had in, Fe, in february of uh of 2013 but I was like, nah, this this will work out. It'll be good. And then by August, I was like, this uh, this isn't gonna work out. <laughs> so I toughed it out. I think I had a talk with him that fall, and you know, just had a man to man talk. It's like, listen, I I can't do this anymore. It's 
this must be my my passion this is the passionate big passion in my life i'm not i'm not even enjoying it like why, why mm -hmm. do i do this you know um, well it's, it's cool that you were able to recognize that because so many people pass that line and just aren't happy you, you know what i mean and yet you had something else that's on fire and it's catching fire and it's going i mean with hub city stompers i was listening to it i took a shower yes i took a shower today uh, right before we sat down and i put on your uh, your your uh, newest album the one on, on uh, apple music it was uh, blood sweat and years oh yeah. man one thing i do you write the lyrics in general for the yeah. band Man, I love the sense of humor that you throw into uh, into songs. I'm literally taking a shower, and then it's like, you know, while I was out working, you were jerking the gherkin and all this kind of <laughs> stuff. And I, I literally cracked up in the shower just like, you know, minutes before we, we sat down here right now. It's it great. I, I love it when mind you can... comes out of my twisted mind. There you go. There you go. Well, that's it, because <laughs> I have a feeling that, you know, you... In your lyrics and in your your sound, I, I tend to think uh, you know there's a certain heaviness sometimes uh, with uh, Hub City uh, Stompers. But when you balance it off with humor like that, you know that's definitely the way to go for sure, man. It's great. You have to. You have to. So uh, so yeah, we 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 split up. Giuseppe and I parted ways. At the uh, I agreed to do you know a few more years, a few more sorry uh, shows through the end of the year in the beginning of 2014 that we had booked. Um, and then we we're going to part ways after that. I told the rest of the band, y'all can do what you want. You know, I'm, I'm just letting you know, I'm starting Hubsy Stompers again. I never should have stopped it. You know, mm -hmm. it was silly. Um, I, there was a whole lot of I told you so's and I had to eat some crow. And, <laughs> yeah. um, but I told them, if you actually want to stay with, you know, G and do I seven, no hard feelings is cool. You know, but the whole lineup actually decided to come over to Hub, back to Hub City with me. Mm -hmm. So that was, yeah, it's, it's like I want all the kids in the divorce. Was, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Must have been a, a, quite a relief, though. I well, it was a relief. I didn't have to, you know, I remember I remember hunting hunting down members um, when I first started HES. I was like, oh my God, I, I don't have to do that again. But I, I knew some people were, were already definitely going to come back. I, I, yeah, speaking, I of mem mem uh, speaking of members in Hub City, Jenny, Jenny Whiskey. Man, girl's on fire. I love her attitude and energy and, and singing as well, because she sings some songs as well, right? I don't know if a lot of people Absolutely. Uh, uh, know that, but, uh, you know, because I think that a lot of people tend to visualize you as the front man, but uh, she definitely sticks her elbows out and takes her place very well. <laughs> I, I've i always said, I, I, I always wish I, I write more songs for Jenny to sing, because, mm -hmm. yeah, she's she can actually sing. I can't she's an actual singer she's a, she i'm a vocalist she's an actual singer like she, she her voice is amazing and then you, yeah you mix it with the horn and she's just a presence she's just a force to be reckoned with and um i certainly don't take that for granted um, you know so, it, one thing that's really interesting about that is that uh, i tend to use um a horn players as backup singers a lot because there is something to be said about that if you're blowing notes and horns they're often more note savvy singers than a lot of front men are mm -hmm. right so Often yeah. I, I find the horn players will bring in, you know, the chorus me melodies while people like you and me are blah, 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 exactly, middle, you know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, man. So yeah. Uh, bless all you horn players out there. <laughs> yeah, I don't even say. I mean, again, I don't just look at her as like a, a, a horn player. She's, you know, she's like a, I do look at her as like a, a co-front person. You know, mm -hmm. which oh, that makes sense. Yeah, I don't know. I and I like that dynamic too. Anyway, I just you know, we play off each other very well. We have the same kind of fucked up brain in a lot of ways and dark <laughs> sense of humor and um so yeah and, and we're neighbors you know she she and rob live right down the street so all right on that makes it handy for sure hey i, I gotta ask you about uh, culture um growing up you, you uh 
from what I understand, one parent was black, one parent was white. Is that correct so far? Well, no. So I was born of a black father and a white mother. Yes. Okay. But yeah. I was not raised by those two. Oh, okay. I was gotcha. actually put up for, I was born in, in 1971 in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania and put up for adoption shortly thereafter um, and adopted shortly thereafter, actually, um, in infancy mm -hmm. uh, by, uh, I was actually raised by two white parents. All right, um, all right. But it was always known and understood that I was black, you know, and that I, I was of mixed heritage. Mm -hmm. um, now, I grew up making the, the joke black Irish because my adoptive mother and Patricia McHugh She's Irish, um, so I always made the joke, you know, haha, black Irish. And then it turns out I, I did eventually, you know, gosh, it's some 20, 20, 20 years ago, link up with my biological family. Oh, wow. Um, I, was, I was adopted from Catholic Charities and I decided to, to pursue a search and I found out, you know, the, just the general info. I wasn't actually expecting to meet anybody or anything, but they, they provide mm -hmm. you with, you know, info without naming names and tell you your whole story. I was like, wow, this is cool. And they tell you the ethnicity. And it's like, oh, and it turns out my, my birth mother was of Irish heritage, actually. Not 100% Irish, but mostly Irish, German, which, well, yeah. Pittsburgh, you know. So, um, so I was like, wow, well, look at that. I am Black Irish. Uh, <laughs> That's quote, right. Unquote, um, <laughs> no, no, absolutely. So I want, but I wound up actually tracking down my biological parents and meeting them. They weren't together anymore by any means, but mm -hmm. I found them separately. I linked up with both sides of, of the family, the paternal side and the maternal side. And I've had a relationship with them for, for years as well. Wow, that's impressive because I don't think that happens very often, really, in the, you know, in a positive way. Uh, because I know some people that, you know, from my work and stuff, uh, some, some youth, you know, it's often a question and they want to know, you know, they want some answers about, you know, who they are and all, all this kind of thing. But it doesn't always end so well. Yeah, you know, that's, like pretty, sister, that's pretty awesome. She, my sister who I grew up with, she was adopted and she was mixed and adopted as well. And she had a curiosity, I guess, just not as strong as mine. She, she never wound up, you know, she considered pursuing it after I did. And then she, she was like, nah, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I'm very glad I did. It was much, it was very, it was a very emo emotional thing for me just because I'm a freak and I have intimacy issues, I guess. But, uh, <laughs> but it was very mental for me. Was, I had such a strong curiosity and I was, I'm so happy I did it. I mean, I met some amazing people in my new family too. So, you know. Yeah. No, that, that's super interesting. And the reason I was uh, wondering a, a bit culturally is because like, I'm wondering where, where your musical being came from and then into the scenes that you ended up being in. So I'm kind of trying to trace that path, you know what I mean? Well, I've always listened to, I've always loved music since I was a little kid. And even when I was a little kid, it wasn't little kid, you know, romper room stuff I was listening to. It was the radio, you know, yeah. the rock and this and that. And, you know, when I was in second grade, I was... Uh, Ace freely for Halloween, and you know, and uh, <laughs> yeah, kiss, and then I like got into the police, and um, so I always liked music. And and then uh, my older brother actually, he he, the first time I heard any kind of underground music was through him, be it um, punk rock, ska, reggae, hip hop, it all was blurring from his room. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, in the early '80s, I would creep into his room and check out his tapes and his, you know, special beat and Husker Du and Madness and Black Flag and, you know, Run DMC. And, and I just, that's, I got hooked, you know, I, I 
instantly got hooked. And then, uh, you know, when she grew up and started getting along a little better, he started sharing it with me. And then I <laughs> wound up pursuing it on my own as, you know, in middle school and, and everything. Um, and then I just, but I fell in love with, with, with punk rock. And then, you know, I got involved in the New Jersey, you know, it, it starts out, you know, localized, you know, I, I lived with, my parents got divorced in uh, 1980 and, uh, my mom lived in like, you know, the suburbs and in, in, in Hopewell and my dad lived in Trenton and go back and forth and I'd meet people in Trenton and I knew people in Hopewell and the very small minority that listened to that music as well and, yeah. and expand. And there was a local club in Trenton called City Gardens, which I started going to in the eighties. And um, it was the place like you, you name some big band in punk or ska or alternative, uh, many other reggae, you know, whatever, and industrial metal, and they, they played there, I guarantee it. Um, <laughs> right on. It was just... That and that, in the club. 80s, that's back when you could get in underage, and they didn't really care that much, right? Yeah, it was, yeah, they're all ages shows, you know, I mean, you know, even CBs had, you know, all yeah. ages shows when I started going, I started going to CBs not long after that, you know, I'd start, you know, I was, I was mostly in the Trenton scene, but I would go up to New Brunswick, you know, had a scene, and New York, obviously, I mean, we had a place in New York, so, and my brother wanted to move into New York. So I was, I was there a lot, you know, I was like going to CB's and, and coming home and crash on his couch at three in the morning, you know, yeah. chagrin. And, but, um, so yeah, um, so that's, I came up in the hardcore scene, but I had an appreciation for all kinds of underground music, you know, uh, the, right, the right. guy who ran city gardens used to make a, who, who booked for it at least used to make a joke like you, you and, uh, and my friend, Alex, you guys should start a ska band. I was like, yeah, like I'm ever going to be in a ska band, you know, because I, I, I was a hardcore guy, you know. Don't get me wrong. I'd see, you know, uh, Gorilla Biscuits one weekend, then I'd go and see Bad Manners the next, you know. It was, yeah, it was, man. That's the way it was. It was just, you know, then I'd see, you know, Black Uhuru, and I'd see uh, freaking D-Light, you know. And Fucking Black Uhuru, Digmo Planets man. and BDP. Black Uhuru. My mom used to play that vinyl on Sundays, and the whole house would smell like weed while she's vacuuming and shit. And we'd <laughs> Do you remember when the place used to run like a cowboy town? Oh man, we used to every Sunday I'd hear that album. I love it. My friend Mike Thorndike in in high school, he introduced me to most of the reggae that I came to know, mm -hmm. and uh, I'll always appreciate him for it because yeah, Black Uhura was became one of my favorite reggae bands and has has stayed. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. No, that's wild. Um, in a lot of your songs, uh, like I, I shouldn't say a lot of songs here and there. Anyway, uh, you talk about skinhead culture, and I think that's really interesting for one main reason because I have a lot of different sp uh, spheres in my life. I play ska, I play reggae. I've been around this my whole life, right? And I also work with you know street youth and stuff like that, where I'm surrounded by social workers and you know these types of people. And uh, I love both uh, sides of my life extremely. And whenever you mention a word like skinhead it, around social workers and stuff like that, everything is negative, everything is scary, everything is wrong, right? And yet in reggae and ska, going way back and stuff and black culture and stuff like this, you would hear about skinheads. It's like, it, it, it's so weird because it hasn't translated, I think through the 2000s so much, like the history of it. I'm not sure about, maybe in Jersey, in Montreal, it, it's kind of perhaps different, you know, you know what I mean? And um, did, were, you, were, were there large skinhead crowds at the shows uh, when you were coming up? And Yeah, that's how I got into it. There's yeah, a shit ton of skinheads at in New Jersey and, and New York, hardcore scene, are you kidding? It was mostly skinheads. It was, you know, <laughs> um, so 
yes, I've never been in. But that said, I mean, you're talking about, you know, social workers and everyone else who, it, it depends who you're talking to. You're not, the people exactly. in the underground scene know what's what, you know? Yeah. Um, the, 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 everyone else, you know, I mean, especially back then, it was it was all in the news, the late 80s and stuff, you know, and, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, um, the talk shows. And I mean, that's all that was covered was the, was the, was the, the hijackers, you know. Uh, I love that sh- expression, it, it, the hijackers. That's really great. Actually, well, yeah, uh, that? their shenanigans <laughs> are the ones that are going to make the new. Why would they report on on us? You know, I mean, uh-huh. every once in a while, there was, a, I think, uh, what was it, ninety three? There's ninety three. It was in uh, uh, ABC New York was doing some expose on you know skinheads, but but in their mind, the skinheads are talking about Nazis, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. And and I can't believe it, but I guess they must must have gotten wind of oh, there is such a thing as, you know non-racist skinheads so they tried to do that they did god bless them they tried to do this blurb on us you know mm-hmm. skinheads who weren't nazis and and it, they got me it was me rabies um um frank oxblood uh there's a whole a whole bunch of us that caught us at a, at a after a war zone show uh-huh. and um talked to us in some stairwell and she, the thing is she she wanted to portray us as these militant you know, anti-racist, you know, that's all she wanted to focus on. You know, she didn't want to focus mm-hmm. on like just the general origins of the skinhead culture. You know, she, in her brain, they were almost presenting it like Nazi skinheads are a thing. And, and there's this new trend of, of, of anti-racist skinheads. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like, yeah. trying to, yeah. like it's just, like, and they the sensationalize it like it's always a war going it, on. And <laughs> yeah, they just, they made it seem like it was a reaction because of Nazis, as opposed to what it was originally. And the Nazis mm-hmm. were the ones that hijacked it. So I'm there trying to explain this to her for, you know, 20 minutes. Of course, she uses none of my films. She just, they do a shot of me sitting there looking, you know what I mean? And yeah. they talk to, to uh, you know, Frank about, you know, who because he was talking about beating up Nazis. And so that's all they wanted to hear. They didn't want to hear about the yeah. actual. They, they, they want the drama. The, the sensation. Yeah, that's yeah it, exactly. Because like, it, it, I, I gave up ever even trying to explain it in, in my social work uh, field, because it's just like, you're going nowhere. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah, I you start out I doing your, your skinhead <laughs> 101 to everybody, and you, and you get bored of it. You know, well, you, that's you know, it exactly, right? You know, plus, why, who, who, why do I got to explain myself to everyone? Why do I got to apologize? Very good point. Me? Like you know, and you're like, you're like, fuck this. You know what? Yeah, yeah, I'm a Nazi. Okay, yeah, you know, yeah, I'm black, <laughs> but yeah, sure. You know, whatever. whatever, whatever. <laughs> that's crazy. Cheers, meanwhile, man. Meanwhile, meanwhile, you're fighting the freaking, you're fighting the freaking. Uh, Nazis at the clubs too, you know. Little mm-hmm. do they know. I don't know if there's uh, still a lot of that culture, uh, you know, going on uh, over where you are and, and stuff. I mean, here in the late '80s and uh, '90s, you hear you heard about it more, but then it kind of, you know, not too much. Actually, in the early what, 2000s, white power well, no, you get that, but not as like the skinhead side of it so much. You know what I mean? Oh. Like, uh, or at least you don't hear about it so much, but then, you know, every once in a while, some, you know, there's some kind of, well, they were a know, big presence down here um, in the eighties and early nineties. Definitely. I mean, yeah, that club I talked about city gardens, they, you know, it was, there was like a, like a five year period of just war, you know, yeah. and, 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 and they didn't really stop coming around to like 92, mm-hmm. I'd say, you know, um, it was, 87 88 they they were hanging out pretty comfortably you know i think 89 is when everyone kind of banded together and was like you know what fuck this shit you know all the straight edge kids yeah. and skins and punks and everyone's just you know started fighting them and 
It's about three it reminds years, me of three the whole years. bully concept, right? You know, I mean, it's like you take it, you take it, you're intimidated, then everybody kind of gets together. Okay, enough. We got to stop letting them bully us and, you know, try to take our scene and all that kind of thing. Yeah, it was like a weekly thing. You'd be like, oh, it's, 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 you know, is this group showing up? Is that group showing up? And and uh, by 92, they realized just it wasn't fun for them to come around anymore. And, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, think they had, I think there was one final last stand at, at a fear show. <laughs> which was nuts um where they all came they must have networked or something and it all came out of the world working the court's big riot broke out um but then I, I didn't really see him after that at, at, at that club at least um you know and they went on they, they, they were still a presence in you know, northeast pennsylvania and 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 whatnot and uh did their own shows and their own gigs and stuff but yeah, yeah i mean eventually it kind of you know it's definitely not a thing like it was you know 25 years ago <laughs> knocking on wood you know <laughs> 30, 30 years ago i guess yeah man um not around here. so what's going on with uh hub city you guys uh going to be recording anything soon not soon no i mean we we, we haven't even been <laughs> well, able to practice soon <laughs> right we're going to release this this one single i was talking about and then uh and then um you know once we we're able to rehearse again and there's a little things a little more green light and People are vaccinated and numbers are down more. We, you know, we're, we're, we're chopping at the bit. Believe me, we really want to, but it's just, I got no just being doubt smart about it. We're just being cautious about it. People ask me to play shows and stuff. And I had, you know, I'm telling people, you know, uh, there's yeah. nothing I can commit to before the summer. Um, exactly. And, and what a lot of bands don't realize, or they realize after, you know, like uh, some bands uh, are booking these big shows and I think, you know, it's a good thing, but there's a lot of backlash that comes with that as well. It's not time for that. You know what I mean? Even the backlash. I mean, I, I don't, you know, it's HCS. We don't exactly give a fuck what people think about it. But, um, <laughs> I love it. But I just, it's just, it's just our collective, you know, I'm just, we don't, we're not all of one hive mind, you know, mm-hmm. be it politically and on everything else where we're all over the place. But, but in general, we have this sense where we realize, look, we got to, we got to wait until, you know, it just doesn't make sense. It's 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 not a responsible thing to do, even practicing right now. I mean, yeah. Hello, I just tested positive last week, so you know. <laughs> well, that's it, eh? So, yeah. You know, so yeah, maybe you know, maybe if things get better, maybe we start practicing sometime in the spring, or we're doing those limited practices we were doing once things are a little more clear and down. Um, Show wise, summer's a big maybe. Fall looks more likely. Um, mm-hmm. I'd love to record because. Well, A, we have all this new material we're writing. <laughs> and and B, um, I mean, 2022 is going to be 20 years of HCS. So, oh, shit. Eh? I think 20 years. I man. think by summer, fall of 2022, there best be like a new album out. You know what I'm saying? A 20th yeah. anniversary, something, you know? Well, it's so fucked up, right? Because, like, just like us, I think your last album came out in 2019. Is that correct? Yeah. Uh, Blood, Sweat, and Years, which itself was a redoing of a lot of our early material really right 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 um but um that was um yeah that was 2019 shit yeah because i, I thought right it hit <laughs> yeah yeah because we did we what happened to us is we just got our permits to play in the states we did two shows and then the rona hit and so like we paid for our permits for a year and we lost so oh man much fucking money brother <laughs> it was fucked I mean, up there's... you know and then we we're stranded at the border and all this uh uh, you know shit but you know the album once pandemic's over you know even though we didn't get to tour it the way we wanted to 
you know what I mean? By the time pandemic's over, it's going to be an old album, you know, it's, you know, it'll be two, three years old by the time we can really get rolling again, you know, but uh, you, I say this because you guys as well, you guys tour a lot, man, right? Yep. You know, how are you, how are you uh, living the down from not being able to be on the road? I'm having a hard time and I, I think the know, whole album is going to be about it. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm feeling, I'm feeling like a crackhead here. I'm like dying, you know, but again, I'm, ba- I'm, Got my feet on the ground, you know, I'm based in reality. I realize it's just, a, but I, yeah, I'm going nuts, you know. I mean, anyone in my band can tell you, like, how crazy I am about booking and how I like to keep us busy and put us all over the place. So I warned them. I was like, listen, when we get the green light, I hope you all are ready because. <laughs> <That's it. laughs> but, but it's fucked up too because you. I was talking with another buddy of mine on this show not too long ago. And it's like, once the green light happens, though, every single band in the world is going to be on the phone that day trying to book. Yep. You know what I mean? And then, so there's only X amount of venues and a lot of venues are going through a hard time as well and closing down and stuff like this. So it's like, you know, even when the green light happens, just to be able to get the shows rolling with so many bands booking at once, it's going to be fucking... <laughs> I got some very specific plans for when it starts. And then what happens <laughs> after that happens after that. Um, I feel like a lot of promoters you know, and what venues and promoters are, are left are going to be reaching out. So I have confidence in that. But as far as what I have planned for what, you know, when we start, uh, I'm going to be pretty specific and I'm, I'm, I'm sure we'll be fine as far as, cause I'm going to set it off here in Jersey first. We do Jersey, it, New York, and just spiral out from there. You know, Jersey, New York are going to be your first, depending though. Cause I know. So, well, what you were saying about, you know, losing money, you know, because of what you had planned. But I mean, there's also promoters who had festivals, but Supernova. I mean, Jesus, poor Tim, <laughs> Tim and April, man, and that whole team. Oh, gosh. Like, I can't imagine. Yeah. Putting, you know what I mean? Granted, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, six months off. But still, there was so much invested and planned. And and then it just got zonked, you know? Um, well, that's it. Eh? Well, so, you really... You know, I, I like it because you're you're an artist that realizes also that part of the team is the promoters, is the venues, is the people working sound. You know, it's all one team, man. <laughs> well, yeah, there's a, especially for that fest. There's a, there's a lot of people involved because to pull off something, I mean, it's an awesome fest. So to pull off something like that, you need you need a, an army. Um, yeah, I've never been so to that the, one. You know, I'd love to, but yeah. Well, I mean, hey, check it out. I, we're not sure when it's gonna be. You know, uh, speculation <laughs> as to. <laughs> <laughs> speculation as to whether it's supposed to be june or um whether it's supposed to be september depending on you know uh, mm-hmm. i still haven't heard yet honestly i even on the inside i haven't heard um, yeah, yeah but so we'll see um but if you can make it it's it's worth it it's they, they do a really good job and um hcs per se isn't playing the next one at least mm-hmm. not currently to what i know but uh we're, i was going to do a, we're doing a project called drugs don't run Oh, cool! A mix of Hubsy Stoppers members, um, former original Inspector Seven members, and Squidats members, and we're going to play like all our material. And right on, man! Be, that's going to be a party. Well, that's it. Get everybody together and out there, right? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Hey, Travis, it's fucking great to see you, man. Now, to wrap this up, I'm going to ask you four questions, and here, here's the first three are. I need three albums that everybody should listen to at least once and one guilty pleasure that people would be surprised that you like. What albums, you got for me? Albums in general? Yep. 
the three that you you think everybody should listen to at least once and one guilty pleasure i mean is that the sky albums or uh, no 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 <laughs> usually they're not <laughs> <laughs> um god man i wish you'd emailed me about this beforehand because i'm like <laughs> i gotta sit here like Doy. he's like k-man's a jerk <laughs> gosh there's so many i, I mean there's I, between my senility and all the music I've listened to over the years, that's that's a that's a rough one. Um, <laughs> yeah, man. Well, and by guilty pleasure, I guess you mean you know something to you know, lose oy points and you know. <laughs> you know <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah. There's plenty Minus of that. One. <laughs> Jeez, God, even even that, I don't know how to narrow that down. Um, right. I mean, I was trying to think of just my favorite albums and stuff. Yeah, man. I mean. And and a lot of my favorite albums aren't even necessarily hardcore, ska, oi, you know. I mean, some of them are hip hop. Some of them are, I mean, Massive Attack. I'm a big Massive Attack fan, you know. Uh, Mass Massive Attack, Mezzanine. There, Listen there we go. Up. That's one. We got one. All right. Massive go. Attack. Massive Attack. Mezzanine. Um, what else? Now I'm trying to. I'm like, okay, now I should think of a hardcore album, but there's so many. There's just so many. Oh my god! You're killing this. me, dude. I know. I well, like music this. is to be shared, right? We got to tell the people, man. Jeez, that you have to listen to, because then, then I start overthinking it. Then I'm like, what are the ones that just formed my? You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, yeah. I, I should go back and look at my Facebook post. It's on there. <laughs> killing me. That everyone should listen to. Um, I, oh, no, no, I'm not going to go there. Oh, <laughs> I was going to go weird again. You know, I already did Massive Attack. I love it. I was going to go, I was going to like art and noise and stuff. I'm like, no, let's I'm starting to sound like Scoochie now. Um, um, I'd say any Sheer Terror album. <laughs> All right, Sheer Terror. Um, so I like Sheer Terror love songs for the unloved. I feel like it was a sleeper. I feel like, I don't know. I feel like people... I don't know. I feel like it didn't get a lot of the the hype in comparison to how I enjoyed that album personally. But anyway, you know, I've never uh, listened Shirtar, to it. I'm going to listen to it. After love songs for sure. the unloved. Um, I I like it. Um, that's two, right? Yeah. And then, uh, oh boy, it's another uh, full album. Yeah, I'm I'm an album guy, not a singles guy. Yeah. Well, geez. <laughs> there's 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 so many but um i mean if i want to go back to what the one that really solidified my like yeah yeah hardcore is your your thing punk and punk slash hardcore at least at back yeah, in time in the early 80s but um black flag damaged was was the one that that just kind of like nailed it nailed it for me and then yeah. the rest was history after that um, amazing now amazing. an album that's a guilty pleasure an entire well, no, album? Uh, gu guilty pleasure can be a song for sure oh I, I i don't know where to begin i mean <laughs> should i still count the duran duran that i listened to back in seventh grade or you know for first, or, or, first or concert i ever saw was duran duran on the seven and the ragged tiger tour nice. back when pop <laughs> used to play kidding. music i swear that's a true story at the ottawa they was my jam in like fifth sixth seventh grade man but yeah man girls i guess you mean i guess me now though um <laughs> shoot what do 
I like? There's every once in a while there'll be a pop song. Like I'm 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 getting more and more detached from you know these the, these pop songs that um that 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 come that that pop on and, and stuff. And, yeah. Uh, oh, I don't know that song and this and that. So, but like there's been like Madonna songs in the past that I liked and shit. Um, and like just whack shit that you know normally I would, you know <laughs> right? I'm trying to think of something really modern and really whack because <laughs> it's there um, let's see what's a, what's like a tiktok song <laughs> <laughs> pretty face tight waist big bass or something like that right? <laughs> oh that that super bowl dude uh that uh weekend song man I, I whenever I hear that in my brain, you know, because it, it's total like pop song, but yeah. dude, I'm like, oh, this, this jam though, and I picture, I picture it as a ska song. I'm so happy you say that because I do that all the time. I was listening to Hank Williams the Third the other day, and, and like, you know, oh, that could be done in ska, you know. <laughs> well, you know me. I mean, all our parodies and stuff. You know, Skins Don't Cry and. Well, that's it. I'm yeah, like that's the Weird Al Yankovic of ska, so I'll turn any song into. I'll <laughs> the Weird Al Yankovic of ska, I fucking love Skankovic. it. Weird Al I'll turn yeah, any man. song into ska. But I mean, Travis, yeah, I don't know. I, I have so many guilty pleasures. I, 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 I you swear, I'm not, do, I'm not, I'm not avoiding it because, like, you know, oh, you know, I don't lose the way points, but I, I'd love to admit them. But there's just so many. I listen to so much shit. <laughs> well, I love it. You know, just out there listening to music. You know, that's what we do. But man, I can't thank you enough for hanging out with me tonight. And hopefully yeah. sooner than later, we'll crisscross on this road that we call life, brother. We will. Man, listen, I'm telling you, it's it's not, you know, there's a light at the end of the tunnel here. People just just hang on there. Just wait. It's going to happen. <laughs> and uh, I'm just warning everybody, we're, I'm going to be just gross and um, we're prolific. And we're going to be playing a lot of shows. And I'm going to be even, I have all this pent up. And I'm going to be even more obnoxious than usual. So um, anyway, thanks for letting me ramble. I love it. I love it. Man, you stay cool and good health to you. I hope you uh, test negative sooner than later. And you just fucking keep being you, man. Absolutely, my man. We'll see you up in Montreal, I hope, soon, too. My my tabal knacker. <laughs> That's right, man. Next round's on <laughs> me. Peace out, brother. See you. I have a